Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast. I am Cami Black. Um, we've got um, we responded to some complaints tonight. We, we lots of people last week were unhappy that we'd we'd done the uh, the Scotland squad review in our Patreon only part of the podcast. Um, but actually, all, all we did was we just didn't talk about the fact that about five people have been added who don't play in Scotland. We'd already we'd already reviewed the squad a couple of episodes ago. So, but we're going to write that wrong tonight. We're going to Johnny and I. Hello, Johnny. Johnny McGinty is with me. Good evening, Johnny. Hello. Good evening. We're, we're going to do an autumn test preview. It was too early last week, Johnny. You can't. Yeah. You can't. We still, do, had, you, we still had URC to do. Exactly. We still and do Super Six and the Super Six yeah. final. You know, so there's things. There was. There was. You know, there, there were things to be done. There were. You know, there were. The, the agenda was already full. Yes. And and you know so the the Patreon the, the Patreon only podcast and you know I'll let you know how you can subscribe to that in a moment because we've had lots of new subscribers hello to them all uh, it's the overspill really it's it's the bit where we just kind of have a bit of an event and talk about the stuff that we didn't have time for on the main pod but tonight I promise we will write that wrong tonight we'll do a, we'll, we're going to do a full autumn test um, preview tonight um, if you want to sign up for our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast and you will get access to weekly bonus episodes of the podcast where we just kind of uh, expand on some of the talking points we've done earlier in the podcast. It's, it's normally about another 45 minutes, another hour of content. We swear we put the world to rights. Um, it's a little bit more freewheeling and rambling than the main one, if that's, uh, if that's even possible. Um, you, If you're watching us live, we're currently on YouTube twitter twitch facebook um you can also download and listen to the podcast afterwards on uh, audio podcast formats like apple podcasts google podcasts alexa and um spotify i think everywhere's got podcast platform everywhere's got a podcast platform now i think so yeah that'll be you in trouble with whoever it is that comes on every week and says please stop saying alexa i've just done it again i know alexa (laughs) stop alexa time five minutes (laughs) Um, so yes, and um, we. Um, so you, uh, if you're watching live, please get in, in touch in the comments, and we'll read the best out as we go along. And um, we've got Andy alone uh, this evening. Uh, hello, Andy. Uh, we've also got Simon Condal. Hello, Simon. Thank you very much, Simon, for reminding me. Um, Simon got in touch with us um, on my Twitter DMs. If you go to at Scott Rugby Pod, you can uh, find us on there. Uh, at Scott Rugby Blog for the podcast on Twitter. So Simon slid into my DMs today. He uh, Simon is involved with Strathaven Rugby Club. And if you go to the Strathaven Rugby Club Facebook page, so just search for Strathaven Rugby in, in Facebook, uh, they're giving away four Tonga tickets. Uh, they're by the tunnel. So it's two adults and two kids. Face value of that is £110. So it's in a prize draw, £5 entry. Um, you can enter as many times as you like. Um, and as a free bonus entry on top, um, if you uh, share and tag a friend in the comments of the original post. So they're at Strathaven, I think, have been struggling a little bit after COVID, so they're doing this to raise a little bit of money, which is, uh, you know, we wholeheartedly support any clubs wanting to do any fundraising. So that's Strathaven Rugby Club. Go to their Facebook page if you are desperate for Tonga tickets and haven't got managed to get any sorted. Um, it, it's it, they, they sound like they're excellent seats. So, They're certainly much better than the seats that I, I just bought at the weekend. <laughs> Are you going for the, what, the kids kids for a pound then, Johnny? Yes, yeah, taking taking them both for the Tonga game and my dad, so that'll be interesting. Just to pay for for for, for, for a babe in arms. 
No, not usually, no. So we're getting uh, we're getting both of them. And are you having to take are you having to take you having to take bottles in the sporran or are you allowed to take a change bag? We can take a change bag because I checked that. That's why I was that's why I was checking the FAQs on where was I speaking to you all in the group chat Sunday night? Um, because I wanted to check that we could take a change of bag and what we have to do about it and stuff. So yes, we can take a change of bag. There's there's the there's the loop loophole, isn't it? So what you need to do if you want to get booze, now I'm not advocating this at all. If you want to get get a bag into Murrayfield, you can buy these things and they're utterly terrifying. They're on Facebook. Search for living dolls, the utterly, utterly terrifying dolls that you get on Facebook. Buy one of those, wrap it, yep. wrap it up in swaddling, in your arms, change bag on your back. Through you go. It is the uh, it's the student only Halloween fancy dress party for the Tonga game as well. So I'm not suggesting that all the students who are going should dress up like the Hangover and take a little baby in the changing bag with them to get their booze in. But I mean, if I was a student, that's what I would do. There must be a market. I am a student. Then... What? I for... I am you're a student. student. I just, you're a student yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there must be a market. I've suddenly thought about this. There must be, um, and and if anybody copies this, I'm going to sue them. But you know, you can get the glasses where it looks like there's water already in the glass and you, you drink it and it disappears. Those kind of trick glasses. You must be able to do that with a milk bottle, right? In fact, you do because my daughter's got one. She's got like the milk bottle thing she gives to her baby, right? So you get milk bottles, pint milk bottles with teats on. You make it look like they're filled with milk, but you can fill them with whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Fill it with vodka, fill it with beer. Mm-hmm. In the change bag, pretend baby under the arm. Mm-hmm. Through you go, jobs are good Exactly. By the end of your first fake milk bottle of straight vodka, you wouldn't remember the game at all. <laughs> yeah. And you'll probably be, you'll probably be carted out by social services as well. <laughs> Where's your baby? <laughs> yeah, maybe don't do that. Um, no. <laughs> anyway, um, well, there's a couple of bits of news to deal with before we go on to the uh, United Rugby Championship. Um, Glasgow, Johnny, have signed, uh, signed former under-20 Scotland cap Nathan Macbeth. Yes. Which looks like an excellent signing. I think so. Yeah. He um he's been really exciting. I am already fed up of all the Macbeth, the play puns from everybody's social media. Um but on the field wise, I think he looks like he'll be really interesting. Um yeah. and I think he's a tight head as well. He is, yes. Which is obviously we lose Xander for quite a lot of time. Uh that's Purportedly not going to be an issue with the URC, but it is still nice to have some decent quality. I don't. Xander signed a contract extension. I don't. It's not a particularly significantly long one. I don't think is it. It's like a. Um, he did sign one in the summer, but I think it was only a year or two. Yeah, I mean, it's because he's now British and Irish. It's like Ali Price. He's British and Irish Lions. Xander mm-hmm. Ferguson now, so he can probably name his price at any club in Europe. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, <laughs> it managed so, to work for us. So, yeah, it's another South African accent, though, in the yeah. Scottish changing room, which will really upset Craig Chalmers. Yep, unacceptable. Unacceptable not to have people who uh, don't speak broad <laughs> Scottish in the changing rooms. Disgusting. Um, we didn't do, we should do that this week. We didn't do, we were going to do in the Patreon only one, our, our own kind of take on, uh, kind of the Scottishness test. How yeah. Scottish do you have to be before you can walk through the through the changing room doors and, and be part of the squad. So we'll maybe do that on this week's Patreon. Yeah, that's a good idea, that. um, Other bits of news. Um, oh, yeah, you were talking, this 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 popped up, and I thought, you know, we, we often kind of joke about people high up listening to this podcast and getting ideas, but 
you were calling for um, centralisation of the United Rugby Championship referees, and then the, the Scottish head of refereeing quit <laughs> the next day. And I was like, "Oh God, you took that seriously?" I did, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to feel responsible for that. If I'm, if I'm perfectly honest, <laughs> you made a man quit. quit his job. <laughs> He's like, "Oh God, centralisation. That's a good idea. I'm off." Um. I think that was the only. I think that was on the, the only kind of big news that we picked up on. Um, there's just been kind of normal quotes coming out of the Scotland camp. So the United Rugby Championship, then, um, as I don't know, it's inevitable. Like death is Leinster rolled mm-hmm. into Scotstown on Friday night and beat Glasgow. Yeah, yeah quite handily. It was. Um... It was pretty concerning. It was a whole different kind of concerning to last week as well, where Glasgow looked absolutely rotten against Zebra. Um, the problem this week is that they actually looked pretty decent, and Leinster were just that much <laughs> that much better. And here's a couple of things. One is, I, and I, I've got my suspicions that the decision to play Ross Thompson w- was not Danny Wilson's. It yes. may have been a discussion with um, Gregor Townsend to say, "Could we, could we have a, could we see how he goes in a big match at 15? Yeah, particularly Which considering is, that Blair Kinghorn played ten for Edinburgh as yeah. well. Which I think it's always where we've seen it before. I think it is worrying when the national setup are kind of calling the shots of match day. I mean, we don't know that's true, but it it stuck out like a sore thumb. You don't, I don't think you kind of mess around with you start 15 like that in a game against Leinster no it certainly scans and we've seen that sort of thing happen before and again like we, I don't think we've ever re- even been able to prove it before but there has been times where you see people play out of position in the few weeks leading up to an international break and it's it's pretty obvious that that's why they're doing it so yeah that was my that was my first thought as well when I saw the team sheet because that's exactly what was happening, especially when I saw the Edinburgh one to go with it. And you weaken in two positions. It's the same thing, isn't it? You weaken two positions because you know. I know you know. Donkey Weirs. Uh, it was. I think that's a good signing for Glasgow this season. I think they've 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 struggled for depth at ten. Ross Thompson, I think's first choice. So it's good to have Donkey Weir there. But Ross Thompson should have been playing ten. Yeah, yeah. There were there were some fairly interesting moments. Especially in the second half, where where Ross Thompson was sort of coming in at first receiver, um, in sort of after the first or second breakdown, then they'd sort of split it, and Donkey Weir would have gone at first receiver for the first couple, and then if he got hauled into a rock or if it was a, a centre field breakdown where they could split the backs, then Ross Thompson was coming in and playing first receiver. But that's it's not the same as playing ten the whole game. That's what he needs to be doing. It's not the same as controlling a game, is it? Yeah, if you're just kind exactly. of coming in and filling in. So yeah, um, I don't. There's somebody, a face, somebody, Facebook user um, who I assume is on our, our um, super secret social media group. So you have to give Facebook permission to share your your name, unless you want to be, unless you want to be super secret over on Facebook. That's fine. Um, says the Leinster team could compete at test level. Um, I'm. I think it's a big frustration for me is that they're human. I know everybody goes, oh, well, it's the money. They've got the money. They've got this big school that just churns out rugby players. But I I just don't think that Glasgow got the tactics right. And they didn't, I mean, we, we said they didn't get the team selection right. But like, there was times when 
and they did they did adapt to it. Like, there were times when in in the in the Leinster twenty two Glasgow were attacking, and I can't remember who it was. I think somebody put this on Twitter today, and they were saying you know Leinster just weren't trying to compete at the breakdown because they were filling the pitch up defence wise. And later on, I think it was just before one of the Glasgow tries. I think they Glasgow worked this out, and so we're just constantly coming through the gate. So Leinster then had to commit men, but it's not. Leinster weren't doing anything complicated. I just don't think Glasgow had. I don't think Glasgow took them took it seriously enough. Yeah, yeah, and I like, Leinster are smart. That's the main thing about Leinster, and so they obviously know that that Glasgow's strength going forward comes from quick ball and broken play and catching people turned on their heels and things like that. So by not committing anybody to any of the breakdowns, they were never giving Glasgow the option to do that. Like Glasgow yeah. could go as, go as quickly as they want, but if the Leicester defence is already organised, doesn't matter. Yeah, and if they turn and if if they get if they get a turnover like they did, and then they can just shift it out, then the, you know the the, the counter attacks there. They've got numbers for it. Yeah, the the way to beat Leinster is to make significantly less mistakes than they do, and they make not a lot of mistakes. No, no, and just to absorb pressure as well. I think that's the other thing, and not to try and. I don't. I just, yeah. I just didn't get the impression that Glasgow had showed up to take with a game plan to take on Leinster. And I think normally the kind of idea that you don't you don't worry about what the other team's doing and you do what you do is fine. But when you come up against a team like Leinster or, or the the big team in any sport, you, you do need to kind of have a particular idea of how you're going to take them apart and how you're going to deal with what they bring. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like Glasgow turned up to play Glasgow's game, and Leinster turned up to beat Glasgow's game. Yeah, and that's the difference. And that to be, it's no disrespect to Glasgow because that's what Leinster always do. They do it to everybody, and the teams who beat them are the ones who are able to work that out. And they turn up to beat Leinster rather than to play their way. Yeah, and that's and that's how Glasgow beat Leinster. Past that, that big game where so Johnny Gray made three million tackles. But that and in Glasgow, the score. Oh, it was a ridiculous scoreline that one away to Leinster. Was it? Yeah, it was a stupid scoreline. But Glasgow, yeah. but Glasgow, it was basically rope a dope. Yeah, and then they got break. Every try was a breakaway try. It was like forty-one, forty or something like that. Ridiculous. But Glasgow basically rope a doped it, and Johnny Gray just tackled everything in sight. Yeah, and I think I can't remember. It was Xander Ferguson was like two tackles behind them as well, and they both hit. I think they both, well, I, I know Johnny Gray hit 40 odd tackles, I think. Yeah, it was and huge. Got... Yeah. And Xander made loads as well. But it was, uh, yeah, I think it was, uh, but the, but that's because they turned up to beat, Le- they turned up to beat Leinster rather than turning up to play Glasgow's game. And that, yeah. that was the difference. There was, there was that, oh, who's one of the Leinster tries? Who's the hooker? Who's the hooker that kind of like ran away, had that break? And it was because Richie Gray was just getting involved in some afters, and oh yeah, Ronan Keller. Ronan Keller made that break, but like Richie Gray was kind of like just having a chat with a Leinster player in the middle of the field, and so they got yeah. past Keller, and he was off. But Rufus, I like Rufus McLean. His defence and his commitment to get back and try and turn guys over just short of the try line for his size is is utterly yeah. amazing. Yeah, he's he's been a revelation this season. Um, and like I said last week, he was a he was a wee lad at the end of summer, and he's put on a serious amount of size, which has made a massive difference to him. And he hasn't got any slower from doing it either, which always helps. 
Yeah, I was trying that record-breaking tackle thing for Johnny Gray now. The other one was Jack Dempsey was great on 43, that's what it was. Yeah, it was great on Friday night. Even if his try was the most hilarious try I've ever seen awarded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Leinster fans absolutely losing their crap over that. <laughs> he was on his knees. <laughs> was like, he was on his knees at the side of the rock as well. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> but that's, you know, you've got to get those decisions. I yeah, mean, which is which he... is one and get you know. He's, he looks like a really smart signing for Glasgow because that was a smart bit of play. Yes, it's cheating, but it was still yeah. a smart bit of play. Yeah, he still got away with it. He did loads of really good legal stuff as well, to be fair, as as well as a completely <laughs> ridiculous, very illegal try. He's he's um, he's the sort of serious power runner that we've been looking for for, for a while. And he's not going to be away with the Scotland squad like Matt Fagerson is. So. No. True. Um Anything else from Glasgow for you other than it was just a it it just seemed like an inevitable Yeah, I mean that's it. We we were a lot better than we were last week. Um which is which is a bit worrying to be significantly better against Leinster than you were against Zebra, but, but there you go. Um but I mean that's it. It's Leinster, isn't it? Like you have to be a hundred percent on your game and you have to think that you're gonna go and beat them, and if you're not, you're not gonna beat them. Yeah. And I think that's but I think but I think we can be more critical of Glasgow than I've seen other people being because I've seen a lot of they're Leinster, they're rich, they've got amazing players. It's like they do, but every every team is beatable if you work out how to do it and don't get complacent about let's turn up and see what happens. We've got yeah. Xander and Ali Price back. That'll that'll <laughs> do. Yeah, that'll no, work they, out um, for us. Yeah. They they weren't in the frame of mind or execution that they had to be. Um, Being a, a lot better than, than we were against Zebra is not good enough to be a team that beats Leicester. Like, it's yeah. nice that we were better, but we weren't better enough to be even competing with Leicester. Like, it didn't look close at any point. No, no, exactly. And it should be, and it should be, because Glasgow... I don't I feel like it should be. I should. I, I think we should be setting a higher standard and expecting Glasgow to at least be competitive. Yeah. And and running these games closer. Yeah. Um Edinburgh game then against away to Zebra. Um I don't know, like we said Blacking on at ten. I'm still not I still don't get it. And I know Craig I know Craig would say, I don't know if Craig was here and he might he might join us later on. Craig Craig's kind of Craig's been converted. Mm. I just don't I don't see it no me neither um, after I must admit after making a big song and dance when the URC fixtures came out about how I didn't think it was that big of a deal that some of our games clashed with uh, with club side kickoffs I didn't watch the Edinburgh game live because I was uh, down at Duffus for a club lunch <laughs> so I'll, I have only <laughs> I have only watched the highlights um, but I didn't see any of the highlights that made me go oh okay well, that must be why they're trying Blair Kingmore at ten then, because he was decent enough. He, he probably wasn't. He wasn't yeah. a million miles worse than Dunkey Weir. That's like no. I mean, like in terms of if you again, we've probably just got higher standards for Scottish standoffs these days. But he's not bad. I just don't think that he's exceptional. Yeah, I I don't see why you'd move him out of position and Ross Thompson out of position to get Blair Kinghorn into ten. I'd like, 
No, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It's not. And he, but but having said that, you know he's he was a an all right fifteen and an all right yeah. winger. Do you know what I mean? He's he's he. From what we've seen of him so far is he's capable at international level, but he hasn't quite kicked. Oh, I know he's young, but he hasn't quite kicked on or done anything that makes you think, oh, he's. You know he he's the real deal. He's gonna you know he's gonna be competing with Hoggy or anything like that. He's not hit those levels. So whether or not this is just a you know let's see how he goes at ten. But the impression I get at ten is still like, meh. Yeah, he's all right. He's all right, which is, I mean, which I, is really I, good for Embra. For you know for Embra, that's what they need. Yeah, because well, to be fair, one thing that actually did stand out for me from Edinburgh the weekend is that Emmelman is very good. Yes. So. If you want to keep Blair Kinghorn on the pitch, then seeing how he goes at 10 is the way to do it because I would have Immelman starting at fullback every day of the week. Yep. Um, the I thought that Charlie Sheel has been okay, but there's a noticeable difference when Ben Velicott comes on. Yep. Um, I think Velicott has been unlucky to miss out on the Scotland squad this time around, but I get why he's not because he's, he's only played... Like a handful, of, still only played a handful of games, but there was a note that that his try at the end was just that's a, that's out the Greg Laidlaw book of poaching that. Yeah, they they were uh, lucky he was there for that as well because they almost yeah. didn't come away with a bonus point either. Um, for the two Scottish teams to go back to back weeks to Parma and almost not either of them come away with a bonus point is uh, pretty concerning. I think well, it is concerning, but I think at the same time, I don't think Zebra are as bad as people make them out to be. They're still a hard team to beat away from home. They're still a potential bogey team, and I think it's, you know, yes, they're crap and they're always at the bottom, but they occasionally come. They'll occasionally get an upset, and that's kind of someone has to be that team, don't they? Yeah, I mean, and there by the grace of God go we with our pro teams, but. I'm pleased it's not us, but somebody always has to be the worst team. And they did some nice things. I thought the try, the, the, the first try particularly was was good. I don't think there's really an awful lot Emre could have done about it. It was just a really well-worked quick try and they'd stretch the defence. I'm not sure there was yeah, a lot they, they could have done to stop it. They seem to be getting a lot better at the basics, which is... Where, exactly where they need to start from. I like. I don't think we're going to see Zebra in the next two or three years running ridiculous attacking patterns and, and ripping teams apart. But if they can, if they can start scoring good straightforward tries, then they're going to get better a lot quicker. Yeah, and it's testament to them that, that Glasgow and Edinburgh, who both have good attacks, and you know that they've almost prevented them from um, getting bonus points. Which they'll be seeing as a win that they've two two on on the track. People don't come here and get bonus points easily anymore. Anymore, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't. I'd say it's hard because, like I said, I, 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 if Craig had been here, we'd go into more depth about Edinburgh. They're going well. I like the way they're yeah. playing under Mike Blair. That's encouraging. Yeah, I like the way both pro, both pro teams are going at the moment. It's yeah, it's 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 good to watch, and there's been some decent wins and some close games. So I like we can't really ask for too much more. I don't think. Well, it's interesting because the, you know, we know that in Scotland, certainly over the last five 
years, if not longer, the SIU have been pushing this kind of Scotland way thing at club level and below that, you know, there's, there's a way of playing and we're going to coach our coach, get, you know, this free coaching sessions and stuff, people turn up to and see and it's kind of the Scottish way of playing is offloads and passing and quick rugby and quick rucking. And I think the problem was that, that that's always been Glasgow's way of playing. It's the way that Scotland have wanted to play probably since the kind of latter end of Vern Cotter into Gregor Townsend coming in. But uh, Richard Cockrell didn't buy into it. So it's interesting. I think you see the players coming through particularly for Edinburgh now and you look at, you know, I'm trying to think like someone like um, your Cammy Hutchinson um, or even Jack Blaine and some of these younger players and Charlie Sheila, I guess, probably would have come through that, that the younger players who've maybe come through the system and the system has been, this is the Scottish way of playing and now they're able to come into that and actually use the skills that they've been taught as opposed to, uh, I know through your club and probably through the academy they've been teaching you about this quick rucking offloading game, um, we're just going to box kick off Henry. Yeah, I think I think it's probably still not really a surprise that you get a lot more Glasgow backs than Edinburgh backs in a Scotland squad. But it, you can see it's starting to change. And Mike Blair's got Edinburgh going much, much faster. So yeah. it's, uh, we'll see what happens in the next sorry, 18 months or so. Yeah. So speaking of the um, Scotland squad, we've got a comment from Brodie Duncan. This brings us nicely into it. He says, I never understood the argument that Velicott hasn't played enough games for Embra yet when Tupelotu has played the same number for Glasgow. That's a fair argument. The only, um, I think the only um, thing I could say is I think that um, Gregor Townsend has the horn big time for Tupelotu. Yeah. And he's not the only one because he is phenomenal. Yeah. I think that's the difference. I think Ben Velicott has played exceptionally well, but he's playing exceptionally well in a position where we have very, very good scrum halves. And I think we said previously, I think if um, Jamie Dobie had played in the summer, I think Gregor Townsend would have said, we're going to leave you with the club and we'll give Ben Velicott uh, some experience in camp. But Jamie Dobie missed out on that and they need him to come into camp. And he's... Again, Ben Velikot's 26, I think, which is... Yeah, he's the same, same age, age as Hornito, isn't he? Same age as Hornito. Hornito's got more experience, so that's that's where it, that's what it comes down to. You've got two players. One's more experienced, has more caps. They're the same age. You've got another lad who's younger, who's up and coming. You choose, bring the younger lad, the lad of the same age who's got more caps than the British and Irish line, and that's your three scrum halves. Yeah. The other thing that is that Tui Pelotu brings something that although we've got a massive pile of centres for some reason this, yeah. this squad, Sioni brings something that, that not a lot of them do because he is a monster ball carrier. Yeah. Which is something that for all the really great centres that Scotland are, are bringing, with obviously Hugh Jones being back in with Chris Harris, the way he's going, there's some really interested prospects at the centre, but there isn't somebody who would do almost like what Bundyaki does for Ireland and just thump the ball up every opportunity. Since he only do that, and he's got wicked hands when he's doing it as well. So he's he's offering something a bit different. I don't think Velocott's got a big as big a point of difference from the other scrum halves as two Pelotu's got from the does other two, two Pelotu plays, does he play both sides? Both, is he played 12 and he's 13 for Glasgow? 12 and 13 this season, yeah. Yeah. Which again, that's that's a huge asset because it just means that you can, and we know we've seen that from from Gregor Townsend with Scotland before, where he'll 
sometimes play a baller at 12 and then other times just be happy to play to hit him up centers like Sam when he plays Sam Johnson he knows he's not going to get the distribution and kicking game that he's going to get when he plays when it, well he, Pete Horn used to be the go-to for that wasn't he so and we haven't I don't think we've had anybody I'm trying to think who we've it's normally I, th- I think the problem is that they haven't had anybody at 12 like Tupelo to and that'll be interesting because I, I think that would be where he would fit at 12 rather than 13 for Scotland. Yeah, I think so. Because I've seen him a few times this season where he's, he's smashed into the line, taking a man or two to bring him down and then still got the ball away as he's going down. Yeah. Which is like, if you think about the speed and the quality of the runners that are going to be support runners coming off him, could be a massive difference. Yeah. Um, the squad then, I mean, there's been a couple of changes again, and this is why we didn't talk about it last week because we knew there was going to be injuries and stuff. So, um, Mark Bennett and Fraser Brown are both out with injuries. Um, in come Magnus Bradbury and Dave Cherry Bomb. Um, I will say to the person on Twitter who replied and said John Mellencamp, I, I said, uh, oh, Dave, I said Cherry Bomb, and um, so I said, oh, John Mellencamp will be happy. I think if someone uses the phrase Cherry Bomb, and your first thought is Melon camp, <laughs> as opposed to the runaways, <laughs> then you and I are not going to get on. <laughs> um, so yes, so um, Dave Cherry is in, um, hot young prospect that he is. Um, so it's going to be interesting. So we've got Tonga up first this weekend, then it's um, Australia, then South Africa, then Japan. So for the Tonga game, Johnny, the it, apart from, as far as I can tell, aside from Dylan Richardson, it's only the Scottish base players that are available. Yeah. So the French and the English players don't come in the wreck until the Australia game. So I, mean, I suppose back to the Kinghorn and Thompson, and this is the big worry that I have. And it's it's impossible to guess what Gregor Townsend will do with any any Scotland squad. I've given up trying, but I'm genuinely worried he's going to start Kinghorn at ten. Yeah, I uh, I uh, did see some rumblings about it at the weekend. In fact, uh, I saw the rumblings start after I told my son that we were going, and he was really excited. But before I bought the tickets, <laughs> so <laughs> so now I'm like, well, I, well, I had to buy these tickets, and uh, and now it, literally anything could happen. <laughs> yeah, um, dinner lady's ankle on Twitch says, um, oh, wrong one says, I wouldn't see the point of starting King Hart at 10 against Tonga. He's not going to get better than Russell or Hastings, so why ignore Thompson who would benefit from the race experience? That that would be That's, my thought, yeah, exactly mine as well. Yeah, I would start Thompson every time, and I don't get why you'd, I don't, I get why Blair Kinghorn is an option at Edinburgh. I don't see it for Scotland because I don't even you know he's not he doesn't play like Hastings or Russell whereas Thompson does. Yeah. And I think Thompson Thompson has the has all the skills and the mindset to actually be better than Russell or Hastings. I think so. He like this last probably since like around the start of the Rainbow Cup. Ross Thompson has has grown into being an absolutely phenomenal player. Yeah, 
What's his kicking rate? Is it like a hundred percent? Pretty much. It's not far off. Yeah, yeah, it can't be very far off. Which is and his, just... his kicks from hand are great as well. It's not just his place kicking. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think you play King Hall at ten. Yeah. I don't want him to. I'm not going to be happy about it. I want to play <laughs> no. Thompson at ten. Yeah. Um. So I guess maybe we're... they were just there at this weekend in case they have to swap round if something goes wrong or someone gets injured. Or maybe, maybe we can hope. Let's let's all you know pray and hope that that is the case. That it's just a case of emergency. Let's see if Ross Thompson can shift back to fifteen. <laughs> he did all right. Yeah, 15. yeah, I thought he was okay. Yeah, yeah, he's better better than um, better than Blair King on at fifteen. Ooh. <laughs> Just get that in before Craig turns up. I was um, going to say, yeah, he'll be, he'll be here soon if he's coming on. So elsewhere in the back side, I think I think Scrum Half will be, um, I think George Horn at nine. I think I'd be surprised if Jamie Doby were to start. I don't, I wonder whether you put Price on the bench though, because Price hasn't had enough game time. So far yeah. since the Lions, and his issue is going to be the big game. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing that makes me think that, that Price and Xander might feature quite a lot on Saturday. Is that they both started and they both played about sixty minutes on Friday night. Mm. Uh, on all the, although you know you see people say Leinster could almost be a test team, they're not. <laughs> so sixty minutes, sixty minutes against Leinster is probably the best club. Preparation you can get, but it's not the same as playing an international. No. So yeah, I, I I think if if it wasn't Australia next, if it was Japan next, I think you'd see Dobie and uh, some combination of Dobie and Horn at nine. But I think Price will come off the bench and George Horn will get a run out. Yeah, uh, that's probably what I think is going to happen as well. Um, ten, like we said, we've we've talked about ten. We we I think we both agree we'd like it to be Thompson. It might be Kinghorn. We'll have to live with that. Twelve and thirteen, and we'll do the back three together. I don't. I I think two two Pelotu. I'd be surprised if he didn't if he wasn't in at twelve or thirteen. Um, it's who goes who's who's alongside him. Yeah, I think it's most likely going to be Sam Johnson at twelve and two Pelotu at thirteen. Thirteen, my guess. Yep, it makes sense. And then the back three of, I think Rufus McLean's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, Darcy Graham, mm-hmm. and then the fifteen. <laughs> Either Kinghorn or Thompson. Thompson, yeah. It just the, the only thing that kind of slightly concerns me about that is that that's three not very big outside backs. <laughs> It's not, but then you don't have to. Oh, well, Darcy Graham. I don't, I th- well, if you look at what the, some of the hits Darcy Graham, yeah, puts, well, puts in, but has been put. I mean, again, he's another one like Rufus McLean. He's he's he looks bigger, again, but hasn't shown himself a pace. Yeah, and we already know that Darcy Graham loves to hit rucks, even though he's only yeah. like five foot. No. Nope. So, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that will be much of an issue. I. I think this is, unlike the Leinster game, I don't think they'll be focusing too much on what Tonga do as much as let's kind of play our way and we'll probably score a lot of tries. Yeah, it is. Um, Rufus McLean and Darcy Graham are two 
probably the two most exciting wingers. They they're the two, especially without Duhan there, that you think once they get the ball, anything could happen. If they get the ball and half a step, they could be anywhere. Yeah, I suppose the thing is then whether whether Kyle Stain comes in to the reckoning as well, and one of either McLean or well, I think you probably more like because McLean is a fifteen, right? Is that his primary position? And they did be but Glasgow were playing him on the wing. He's played mostly wing for Glasgow. I don't know where he played before that. I know he can cover fullback. I've not seen him do much of it, but I know it's an option. Yeah. So the only thing would be whether Kyle Stein gets 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 a game. Yeah. I can't think of anybody else really being in the reckoning for the back three, to be honest. No, I'm just looking. I'm looking at the list of players that aren't um, that aren't Scottish based. I think there's Damien, there's Hoyland. Is in the squad, but again, I struggle to see if you if you're looking at the other players. I think Hoyland's further down the pecking order than than any of the others. I mean, I guess it depends what the bench split is. But if that was if if the Thompson King Horn experiment sounds like some sort of like seventies prog band <laughs> um, at the weekend was just to see whether or not Thompson could cover at fifteen, then that might then account for a bench choice. I think, I mean, you obviously have a scrum half, but it's whether or not they just go for one of the back on the mm. bench at the weekend. Are there what enough forwards to do that? I'm like genuinely concerned there's about hundreds the forwards. Of forwards. There's hundreds of forwards. We've got hundreds of forwards. Like, I'm looking at the list now on the on the Twitter update they did. There's like one, two, three, four, five, six. There's six. I know they're not all based in Scotland, but like six more forwards than there are backs. Um, so, in the forwards, then you've got those that are available who are based in Scotland. There's uh, in the front row, you've got Jamie Batty, um, Xander, um, Ollie Kebble, Murray McCallum, um, Pierre Schumann. That's it, <laughs> that's your lot, that's your props. So, they like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're almost certainly going to see Skewman. Yeah, you'll see Skewman, you'll see Kebble. Are they the opposite side of the scrum? Like, I've said before this podcast, I haven't a Scooby Doo, but the uh, Kebble theoretically could play both. Right. I knew that, which confused me even more. But yeah. <laughs> are, they, are they normally both sides of the scrum, Schumann and Kebble? I, terrible. I think so. I'm I'm pretty sure that, that Craig will put us right as soon as he gets here if he if he rocks up. But I'm yeah. relatively sure that Skumin is a loose head and Kebble is usually a tight head. Tight head, yeah. So you could have Kebble and Schumann. Um in the scrum. I still think Xander will start at tight head. Yeah, I think you're probably right. The, Just for some practice. The hooker then, it's I it's interesting. Dylan Richardson has, has come out and said there's a couple of interviews with him this week, just in South Africa, saying he's he's a back. He sees himself as a back three forward. He doesn't see his position as being hooker. So I'd be surprised if we start him at hooker. I think it's a bit like the it's like the reverse McAnally Brown Turner thing. If he can shift forward instead of they can yeah. shift back, if yeah, he's doing the opposite so, way from usual. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I think you probably see McAnally start. For Scotland, 
I think so. This weekend, I'd be surprised if he didn't. Did George Turner pick up an injury? Uh, don't think so. So it's whether or not he goes again. Whether I think he'd probably Turner off the bench and Dave Cherish is there for cover. Yeah, that's probably what I would think. We all want Dave Cherry. Cherry. Let's be honest. What, what yeah, everybody but... wants. We all want Dave Cherry starting against Tonga, but it's not going to happen. That's I'm just trying to like check to what happen. position Schumann plays because I have a sneaky suspicion I might have got these two the wrong way around. <laughs> it's, it's this is like, the thing. We don't purport to be experts on this podcast. I, I will no. stress that. Like we, I'm we especially just, not we an expert fans. in front row. So Facebook user says, Kebble is a loose head. Right, Facebook user, tell us what tell us what, tell <laughs> yeah, us what should No, that's no good. That's half an answer. <laughs> like I said, we're not purporting to be experts on this podcast. We are fans like you and you, you know, like you guys. We just we guess half the time. Yep, it's too far away from me, and most of the time they're better. Schumann over, so is a loose really head too. Kevin and Schumann are on the same side. Of the, thank you very much, whoever that is. Thank you, mystery mystery person of the uh, <laughs> of, of, of Facebook. Um, so you got. Kebble and Kebble and Schumann. Kebble probably is going to be the bench then because he's got um because he can cover both sides and that seems to be the intention for Glasgow for him to do. Xander. So Schumann and Xander starting as the props then? Yep. Um Xander getting a half. That's exciting. Yeah. I like the sound of that. Yep. And then McAnally in the middle. Um Locke is pretty much got to be Grant Gilchrist. <laughs> And then Marshall Sykes, I think. Yeah, Locke's the one that I'm like genuinely really quite worried about. Right, here's so the the list of here going through the squad. Here are the Scottish based locks. So going down the list, not a lock, 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 not a lock. Grant Gilchrist, not a lock, 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 not a lock. Marshall Sykes, not a lock, not a lock. Marshall Sykes and Grant Gilchrist are the two locks in the squad now. However, I think there are people with it. So, um, you know, we know Rob Harley can play lock if he needs to. I think Jamie Ritchie, from memory, has covered at lock before. Um, outside he of that, been, though, yeah. outside of that, though, I don't. It's, yeah, it's not great for locks. New, no. yeah, that's and it like. It gets a little bit better once the English-based players arrive, because then but Josh yeah, Bayless and Sam Skinner will arrive, but like not much better. But there's not like jo- is Josh, but both of those aren't out and out locks, right? Uh, no, no, there's S- a both. Skinner plays mostly lock, but but he's one of these like five and a half, yeah, like the hybrid, hybrid, the Rob Harley kind of model, isn't it? Yeah. So, the other yeah. one is, I think that, um, oh God, what's his name? Jimmy Hodgson, I think, can play lock. Yeah, I think the problem is though that we got to be well, like being realistic. What you know, Scott Cummings and Johnny Gray are both injured. Yeah. So that's that. The moment you add, I mean, you can't fill your squad with locks because apart from lineouts and occasionally hitting rocks and walls, that they're fairly useless. <laughs> is Ben Toulis injured? Maybe yes, he rubbish. must be, because otherwise he'd be there. <laughs> He's just crap. I... No, that's harsh. I try not to be harsh on this. No, uh, I think Ben Toulis is injured because he hasn't played for Ember recently. Yeah. He's not been great. I will say he had a, he had that absolute 
storming game for Scotland in um, against Australia in Australia during the last Lions tour. Yeah, and like I, I think everyone thought, oh, like he's he's hit his stride. That's you know, he's this is what Ben Tillis is all about. But he's never re- rediscovered that form. No, and he kind of he fits in the Ryan Wilson mode for me. Is when you watch Ben Tillis play for Scotland, it's it, there's a lack of urgency to get back in the line after a tackle. It's the kind of casually wandering. But I know there's a need to to preserve energy. But I think when Scotland try to play high energy, quick rugby, you can't just be kind of sauntering back into the line like you're kind of staggering home from a night on yeah. the lash. You have to get up and get back quickly, and you see everybody else, and everybody else is getting up and getting getting back quickly. Yeah, yeah. I think I think unless we think that Marshall Sykes is the future of Scotland's second row, though, I might have Ben Tullis in for the game against Tonga rather than him. If you I feel. don't know, I I don't think Tonga's the test it was when it did for Andy Robinson. Right? I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I mean, I might be wrong. This could be absolutely horrendous for Scotland this weekend. We don't know, but I kind of think it's it's a run out, and that's with all due respect to Tonga. Then they're not great at the minute. That I think any Southern Pacific team that comes, particularly the minute during COVID, that's coming up north, isn't going to be firing on full cylinders. So, with the greatest respect to Tonga, this Scotland could pick. You know, I'm not saying they could. They, they'd get you know hard to drive they just fielded academy kids but I don't think I think it's the kind of game you want to expose players like Marshall Sykes to yeah are, uh, are Tonga the team who were going around local clubs in Auckland looking for semi-professional players to play the All Blacks in summer or was that Samoa um, I think it might be Tonga there was one, wasn't I was there? Try- yeah, was I was trying to remember someone Tonga being really got, hard. Yeah, I think it might be Tonga because didn't Tonga also then get stuck in New Zealand during COVID? Yes. Angus Thompson said yes. Yeah. Tonga, yeah. I, I think they also then got which, stuck um, in it. There was, there was a big kind of outcry because they were basically living in a church in, in New Zealand yeah. at one point as well. Yeah, so, I was thinking it was one of the Pacific Island teams got hit really hard by COVID and, and really struggled to get a team and it was Tonga. Yeah. So hopefully it's got better since then. It will. I mean, I think that Northern Hemisphere always tends to benefit the South Pacific teams a little bit because they can call on the player, unless you know their French paymasters have kind of written to the contract saying you must never play international rugby again, um, <laughs> which which is is not is not lawful under world rugby laws, but definitely happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, then it's out with the test window for them as well. That's the problem. That's it. Yeah. So they're relying on their what anybody they can bring over plus um anybody played in the URC who who URC teams will like let them have. Yeah. Of charity. So yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, I don't think it's not necessarily a, um oh god, yeah. So the Tonga without yeah. their contact Angus Thompson, Tonga without their coach. Tutai Kefu after a knife and axe attack on his family. So Yeah, that was pretty brutal. I think we can risk Marshall Sykes against Tonga, Johnny. <laughs> Not worried about that. Safe. Um the back three that I mean the back three interests me because it 
again, we've got strength and depth in the back three, and that we we haven't had the summer tour. So against Tonga, you you could just roll the dice and do Dodge, Crosby, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to think who else you could do. You could, you know, you, you could you could do a whole new back three. Yeah, just just Matt for Fager. the hell of it, Matt Ferguson, just just there for experience, and then bring on Watson, Richie, and and the other just to kind of come off the bench and and fill in um, to get some game time because Mish is similar and that that he hasn't he won't played a lot of rugby since the Lions, so I would imagine that Mish will play at the weekend. Yeah, I didn't see him playing for Edinburgh on Saturday, but no, I, I don't think he did. I'm not sure that he did. Let me have a look. Um... No, it's Richie Crosby and Mata. Oh, of course. So, it's, so has Mish played at all since the Lions? Mish hasn't played at all since the Lions. So Mish, I would, Mish is probably going to start then against Tonga, right? You would think so, wouldn't you? If he hasn't played for three months. No. Oh, Mission and Dodge. Can you imagine Mission and Dodge? Oh, don't. Can Dylan Richardson play eight? <laughs> Mish can play eight. There you go. Richardson, you Dodge go. And, and Mish, sign oh. me up. Three sevens, yeah, that's that's yeah. that's the dream there. Um, I don't think it will happen, by the way, but yeah, that's the dream. No. <laughs> so, um, that's generally generally interesting. Um, we've got Craig. Craig's joining us. Craig, give me a thumbs up if you're ready to join us. He's just signing. He's giving <laughs> us a thumbs up. Hello, Craig. You've joined oh, us. We, we've we're good. We've you've joined us after Johnny and I have spent about <laughs> twenty minutes talking about which side of the scrum the various props play on. <laughs> I got so them missed. all wrong. I got them all wrong. I got Xander right. That's the only one. Oh, okay. At least, at least you got the one you, that you love the most. Uh, right, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were just saying for the Tonga, the Tonga game, we were kind of saying it's... Um, I, I think uh, the, the general feeling we seem to have is that you just roll the dice for the Tonga game, apart from the Lions players who maybe need game time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think you're probably pretty much bang on with that. Um, I think... Uh, Especially if you're going to have uh, Blair Kinghorn at ten, you know that's definitely rolling the dice. No, <laughs> you'll see you'll see Ross Thompson in there, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, we're, yeah. we're, we're praying for that outcome, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I, don't, I think um, you know. Well, you know, either that or they'll. I don't know if they will. You'll probably you might see the um, the Lions players on the uh, on the bench rather than actually starting. You never know. Yeah, the only one was Mish. We were saying we just just as you came on, we were saying Mish hasn't played at all though because he didn't play at the weekend in Palmer, but presumably they just didn't want to fly him out there. Yeah, you, you might have found it exactly. He will start. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, 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 I didn't get it. I, I couldn't find out why Mish wasn't there. Uh, he certainly doesn't seem to be injured. No, I'm assuming it's just a kind of like he's in the Scotland camp. They were they had adequate cover and maybe give him an extra an extra wee bit of a rest and a bit more time at home. Yeah, probably. That's probably right. The other three games then are interesting because we've got so we've got before we kind of as, as we wrap up now, you've got Australia, South Africa and Japan. So Australia's an interesting one, Craig. I'll start with you. We've got Australia kind of are doing what Australia do best and what Dave Rennie does best, which is to have com- teams in complete turmoil and um, upheaval, um, mm. is that half their players seem to who are linked to Jap- Japanese teams have said, you know, we've been in this bubble playing, you know, um, playing in the rugby championship, um, and we don't think we can do that to our teams anymore. So, uh, uh, Quay Cooper, Karevi, I can't remember who the other one was. Someone, um, someone else mentioned earlier. All these uh, players. That, who was that, Johnny? Uh, McMahon. 
Yeah, but well, they are all saying we're off. We're pretty much going back to play in Japan. So the Australia, I mean, the from what I saw them over the rugby championship weren't in great form anyway, and are going to be coming over even more weakened to play Scotland. Um, is it? Can, can Scotland afford to to dare to dream to have another big win over Australia at Murrayfield? If we if we put the you know the right players on the field, um, which I, which I mean when I say that I mean the, the put the big guns out. Um, I think uh, you'll you'll find that we've I've got we've got a good opportunity to turn them over. Um, we also know their coach and their their assistant coach and their scrum coach. Um, a lot of the Scotland players know them quite well, um, so they know. They know whether they you know what what sort of style they'll play. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, uh, there's also that talk of um, Lina going out from Harlequins, uh, coming and joining the squad as well, because there uh, there's a, t- a tug of war between um, England and uh, Australia for him as well. So it'll be interesting to see what they what team they do put in. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they bother funny. with. I was going to say it'd be interesting to see if they bother with uh, defence at all, Johnny. Given given who the defence coach is and the way the defence yes. has gone during the championship, <laughs> yeah, that's what the um, that's what we're kind of hoping for, I guess. I was gonna, gonna try to think how that works. They were like Scotland have had like what ten years of him as a defence coach. It's like he never tried anything new in that entire time. So what have we got left to find out about? <laughs> we know we know what's coming defence wise. I know. Yeah, I think it's got potential to be a fairly interesting one, that Australia game. Yeah. Because Australia have just like turned their madness up to 11 in the last couple of days. Anything, I'd love to see them bring in Lewis Lina, though. That would make me laugh a lot. That would be hilarious. I think it'll be, it'll, the thing is, though, it's, it's one of those situations is, you know, it'll have to be a calculated guess from uh, from Lina or a calculated uh, choice from Lina because if he's got an opportunity to... to you know, I don't think uh, Australia will be paying him a huge amount of money per game, um, uh, and, and so that's and it'd have to be captured by their um, because it's their exceptional cap criteria as well. That because he's under wow, is it thirty caps? Their rule, you mm. play in Australia, either you play in Australia or you have to have more than thirty caps. But they have this exceptional rule that they've been bending as much as possible during COVID to bring in the best players. But that's that's a big stretch to bring someone in on one cap who's based in England. Hmm. They they're talking about getting rid of that rule altogether. I don't know whether they have done it now or they're well, going yeah, to do it. But... It seemed a daft rule for them to have in Australia, given that it's you know rugby union's like their fourth most popular sport. And if you look at what's what it's done for South Africa, whenever South Africa got rid of that that rule, you know you look at the team that they built and they won the World Cup with it. So mm-hmm. um, in a very short amount of time. So yeah. I think um, it'll be interesting. I think the slightly disappointing thing is it won't feel. It, in a way, I think Scotland will lose out because it won't. They're not coming to get up against a full strength Australia side, and they're not coming up against an Australia side firing on all cylinders. Not not that Australia have fired on all cylinders for the past few years, but I, I don't like. And this will come back and bite me on the bum when we inevitably lose. But it just you know it feels like there's a you know we we've got a big team like Australia coming over, and we're not getting to play Australia, Johnny. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, it would be it would be a real shame. Um, I think they've probably 
other than missing if they're missing Karevi, that's that's a big that's a big one. But they've got they've got more talent, I think, than people realise Australia sometimes. Um really decent talent in the backs. A lot of their new young backs are are really, really good. Um but all that people are gonna see is where they're missing Karevi and then they're missing Quaid Cooper, who apparently has become really good for Australia again now. <laughs> um and yeah, that would be a shame. And then obviously but, the the problem with them missing is that all these rumours start swirling around. There's all talk about them all falling out. Um, talk about Dave Reddy's management style not being accepted or his, his mismanagement style not being accepted. Um, and it all kind of starts to pile up, I think. And then it, it gets to the point where we're just going, okay, well, it's not really like actual Australia then, is it? Yeah. They did beat, they did beat South Africa, though. Which is the big mm-hmm. test. I mean, that's the big test. And in a way, mm-hmm. South Africa's perfectly placed as a fixture for Scotland because th- there's a nice build-up to it. Then we've got Tonga, a kind of haphazard Australia, which you know, they, you know, they beat they beat South Africa with Quade Cooper, ninety-year-old Quade Cooper fly half. But that's <laughs> going to be the big test for Scotland, Johnny. Yeah, definitely, um, and obviously, a lot of the Scotland players and staff have got a point to prove in the way we go about playing it in South Africa, I think. Because the first 10 minutes of Finn Russell in the third Lions test was like the most exciting 10 minutes of the entire tour. And so but, now, South Africa will, but South Africa will know what's coming now. Yeah, that's true. We've let the secret out. I'll that be interested to see if... Uh, how Finn and Hoggy use the fifty twenty two, particularly against South Africa as well. Yeah, if they do, that of course relies Craig on the fact that our lineup would work, and our mall, and we got to mall against South Africa. I mean, there's a test. Yeah, that would be that. You know, it depends. And again, it's it depends who we who we you know the first two tests who who we see the playing um, and how we. Again, it's the usual thing, and we we all talked about it with the Lions. They all went out saying we need to play the same game as South Africa. We don't need to play the same game as South Africa, um, the, the, you know, um, because we don't have a hugely heavyweight pack. Although, you know, if if we do have human and, um, uh, you know, for example, play Dave Cherry uh, above um, uh, above McAnally, then you're you're starting to bring a little bit more heavyweight into the pack or or or, or a stronger pack, you know, but. You just don't know. The locks would be the big worry for me against South Africa. I think that's that's the game that I worry about the locks because yeah, yeah. We talked before you came on, Craig. You got Grant Gilchrist, Marshall Sykes, are the two locks <laughs> out and out locks named in the squad. You got to have yeah. Sam Skinner and Josh Bayless coming in. But I, I know I get what you're saying. You, you know, you you don't have to play South Africa at your own at their own game. But when you're up against South Af- monstrous South African locks. You are going to have to have a plan for dealing with that, particularly at the lineout. Yeah, yeah, but the, the, but then Scotland have shown um, that they'll, they'll they don't have to play um, the the lineout to the standard lineout um, ways and means that, that that we always expect that somebody gets lifted here and they catch the ball there and you know but they've, they've they've thrown a few different things with mesh and with um oh was it it wasn't um maitland but it was uh 
one of the backs that came through the middle and things like you know they're going to have to get a little bit inventive um, uh, unless they decide no we're actually going to compete. Um, but then you know if you've got Sam you know I think I think um, Skinner. I think uh, I'm concerned about Gilchrist's go forward, to be perfectly honest. But I think in the line-out, he's a very, very good operator. So we'll just have to see. The Japan game then, before we we finish, I mean, that's... Scotland had a chance to put that to bed, but it got postponed last autumn. Um, So this is the first time we'll be facing them after that game. And... I don't know. That'll be interesting. I think from from a psychological point of view, that's going to be a big one for Scotland, Johnny. Yeah, uh, I think this is that'll be the game that Japan are coming up here for this autumn, thinking this is the one that we're going for. So whereas we're obviously we think probably aiming for Australia, I think mm. Japan are probably aiming for us. So Scotland have got to be ready for that. I think that that they will be up for it, obviously, because of everything with the World Cup. And Japan came up here in the summer and got beaten by Ireland. So that's that one for Ireland taken care of. And and we kind of have to follow suit with them now, I think. But we do have to be prepared for the fact that this is going to be the one that Japan have got circled in their calendars, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, it'll be, I think, I think we'll take them, though. Um, so do you think, oh, yeah. I do think we'll beat them um, at home. What's a, what's a good return then? This all before we go then, Johnny, for you. But I mean, a good return for autumn, I think, is three out of four. I'd be, I'd yeah. come away three out of four in this autumn. I think that's a good return for Scotland. I don't, I think anything less than that's going to be a disappointment. Would you agree, Johnny and Craig? Yeah, three's what. Three, yeah. three's, three's, three's my, you know, the South Africa's the one I think is, is, is where we're going to miraculously win it or we're going to lose it. But I think we should be beating Australia, Japan, and, uh, um, and Tonga. I think with the South Africa one, though, it had, even, even if we're accepting that it's a win's unlikely, or or or, or a win would be a, a loss would be acceptable. It has to, it, it can't be a, you know the kind of humiliation that we had where it was like twenty nil or whatever it was a few years ago or something like that. It has to, it has to be close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd like to see us be within a score of South Africa. Yeah. And it's possible as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I don't so. doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. South Africa have shown they can be beaten. They're not... That, that'll be interesting. Razzie versus Gregor. Oof. <laughs> a long, should, simmering feud since, since should... Conor Murray's standing leg. When he's touching one step. <laughs> Preempt with a video about the referee Tooney sitting talking about the referee preemptively. Yeah, well, we might we might we might touch on this when we get to hands in the rock in a minute on the Patreon <laughs> podcast. Um, that's it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with a review of the Tonga game and um, preview of the Australia game. I will say this is Scotland's chance to win the Rayburn Shield against Australia. The Rayburn Shield is it tracks the, the, the whoever has won since the very first game of international rugby. Scotland probably lost it back in 19 or diggity three or something, and then we've never won it again since. But <laughs> so, it's been, so Australia are the current holders of the Rayburn Shield, this kind of fictitious imaginary shield of kind of whoever beats whoever from the first game onwards over hundreds of hundred years or so. Um, Scotland have a chance to win it, so that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, awesome. 
But yes, keep we'll, it for the we'll, week. We'll, <laughs> we'll have the review of Tonga next week. We'll have um, the preview of the Australia game. Um, but for the moment, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from Johnny and Craig. Bye. Right.